Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Betty Grable and Dan Daly in Mother War Tights. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. One of the great comebacks in the history of the theater is taking place today. It's the rebirth of vaudeville, which is surprising a new generation with all the boisterous good humor and colorful variety of the good old days. Tonight, the Lux Radio Theater reflects the trend of the times with the 20th century Fox hit, Mother War Tight, and a team of stars vaudeville might dream about. Betty Grable and Dan Daly. Mother War Tights is the story of a vaudeville family and their backstage life. And naturally, Betty and Dan will sing those great song hits of the picture. You Do and Kokomo, Indiana, and many more. Today, as always, a theatrical trooper's home is her trunk. And one of the biggest problems is keeping costumes fresh. That's where Lux Flakes gets into the act. Because anyone who travels a lot is thankful for the convenience and efficiency of Lux Flakes. Now, here's the first act of Mother War Tights, starring Betty Grable as Myrtle and Dan Daly as Frank. Sam is for the million things she gave me. War means only that she's growing Mother. More. My mother. There she is, sitting in the rocking chair on the front porch. That sweet, soft, gentle old lady. She's knitting. Knitting another sweater for father. Seeing her like this, who'd ever dream that mother ever behaved like, well, like this. Mother wore, mother wore tights when she sang that song on stage. Oh, good heavens, mother, how could you? And there on the porch is Betty, the cutest old darling in the world. Asleep in his chair, his eyeglasses kicked up on his forehead, and the Sunday funny paper spread over his lap. Dad's the quiet type. I just can't imagine him out there on the stage in those baggy pants and a, a putty nose and that song he used to sing. I'm Burlington Bertie. I rise at 10.30 and stalk you along like a I walk down the strand with my gloves on my hand and I walk down a guy with a lot. I'm all out and great. Easy face. Without food so long, I forgot where my face is. I'm burnt. But I haven't a shirt, but my people are well off, you know. Nearly everyone knows me from Sheffield, Rosemary. I'm burning to dirty from Bell. To really understand how Mother happened to uh, wear her tights, let's go back some 40 years to when Mother graduated from high school. 
The next afternoon, she and a couple of friends went downtown. But girls, I don't want to be a telephone operator. I'd rather be dead. Why, Bessie Slammerhammer. Well, I would. Anyhow, it beats what I'm going to be doing. Standing on my feet all day selling underwear. At least you'll be in college, Myrtle. Business college. You know, we're awfully early for my appointment at the telephone company. Well, let's just window shop. Oh, uh, we could go to a matinee. A show? Well, why not? My cousin Bubba sells tickets to Waller's Opera House, and he said any time I wanted to go, he'd let me in for nothing. Oh, let's that laugh. And these are my girlfriends, Bubba, Myrtle McKinley and Alice Spiegel. How do you do? Well, uh, we thought... That is, you always said if I came over to the opera house, Bubba, you'd let me in free, so well, I... I never thought... said anything about your whole school, did I? Oh, please, Bubba. Oh, well. But if Mr. Waller ever if catches Mr. me... Mr. Waller ever catches you doing what? Oh, no, 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 not nothing, Mr. Waller. Handing out free tickets, huh? Oh, no, no, Mr. Waller. They, uh, they just wanted to know if they, uh, if they could get jobs with the show in the chorus. Chorus, huh? Yeah. All right, girls, follow me. We'll talk this over upstairs in my office. <gasps> Well? Well, we're coming, Mr. Waller. Well, girls, your figures don't look too bad. Um, let me see your legs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, ain't you scared, too? Uh, no, sir. Uh, my legs. Hmm. Yeah, kind of nice. I I had the lead in our high school operetta. I'm a dancer. Oh, fine. Uh, your folks know about this? My parents are dead. I live with my grandma. How much do you want a week, sister? Would uh, $10 be all right? <laughs> I was going to offer you 15 uh, But just to teach you a lesson, 10 bucks it is. Come on. Oh, my. <laughs> got on the stage. The headliner at Waller's oh, Opera House was a good-looking, brash young fellow named Frank Burke. Frank was a skinny comedian. As a comedian, well, today we'd call Frank's act awfully corny. Those ridiculous costumes he wore and the laughs he'd get by falling in the bass drum or getting hit over the head. But in those days, he really killed the people. He had a pretty good voice, too. You sure sell that you do number, Frank. Yeah, what's wrong with my Burlington Birdie routine? <laughs> hey, girls. Girls, any of you, uh, forgive the expression, artists, want to speak in part in my Paris blackout next week? Oh, we want to speak in yeah, but what I need is a girl who speaks French. French? What uh, is it, a character part? Go away. I can speak a little French, Mr. Burke. You can, huh? See, you're that new kid, ain't you, sweetheart? All right. Let me hear you read this line. Voulez-vous payer large all garçon? Hey, that's swell. You'll do fine. We'll have a bite to eat after the show, huh? I'll run through the business with you, and we the can... The business is right. By the way, what's your name? Myrtle McKinley. Anyone ever tell you you got the prettiest... Eyes? Yeah, we've heard that approach. Yeah, well, in your case, sweetheart, I really mean oh, eyes. Ready for your next number. Come on, all of you. See at the stage entrance, Myrtle, right after the show. So, Mother got her start in Frank Burt's Vaudeville Act. A couple of 
12 months later, the company chipped in to give Frank a birthday party. He had rushed out right after the show, and while they all waited for him to come back, Mother decided to do an imitation of Frank singing Burlington Bertie. All right, now quiet. Quiet, everybody. But was going to hand you a lamp. Here you are, honey. Here's his monocle and cane. Let's go. I'm Burlington Bertie. I ride at 10.30 and so... I walk down the strand with my gloves on my hands, but I walk down again with a mop. I'm all airs and dresses, dresses and tighters, without boots or more, I forgot where my face is. I'm burnt, burnt, I haven't a shirt, but my people are red, you know. Nearly everyone knows me Well, it's about time you showed up, Frank. Just in case you forgot, this party's for you. Yeah. Oh, boy, did you miss something just now? Myrtle, huh? Kind of stealing my thunder, ain't you, Mert? Anyway, folks, today is my birthday. You have all showered me with lavish gifts of your esteem and gratitude, so what can I do but return the compliment? All right, Eddie, bring on a present. Oh, that's where you've been. Buying presents? Sure, why not? Hey, Helen, this is for you. And that big box, that's for you, Mrs. Miller. Hey, this is for you, Al. Can you beat it, Myrtle? Can't even let people give him a birthday party without trying to top him. Oh, I think it's sweet. Hey, you're not falling for that big show-off, are you? Of course not. But he is kind of nice. Hey, how about a song? Look, Myrtle, I've seen dozens of guys like Frank Burke. Nobody throws his dough away. You think he was a millionaire. Well, he says that's all part of the act. But you've got to put on a front. Look, honey, you're just plain dumb if you let yourself fall for a hooker. How are you, Sarah Bernhardt? Still tossing that bustle into the third row? Ha-ha, I'm dying laughing. There's a present for you over there. Aren't you curious? Remember what I said. Some new red flannel, sweetheart. You can sew yourself in for the winter. You mad at me, Frank? Sure I'm mad. Who told you to do Burlington Birdie? That's my number. I, I guess it was my own idea. Yeah? Well, you were great. When'd you pick it up? I've had to watch you for eight weeks, haven't I? Yeah. I've been watching you, too. You know something, Mert? You've got more talent in your little finger than all these crows put together. That's very nice of you. As a matter of fact... I got a funny notion we might do pretty good as a double. A double? Sure. You and me together. You know, a team. You really think I could? Wait, knock them cold. Well, I just don't know what to say. Well, then don't say anything. Just keep it under your hat and leave it to me. We'll work something out together, see? Then we'll spring it on the boss. Well, is it a deal? I... It's a deal. Oh, my... In a few weeks, Mother's name was on the posters in the lobby. Frank Burt, assisted by Myrtle McKinley. Oh, of course, you had to look twice to find it. There was another man in their show who was very fond of Mama, Roy Bivens. Roy kept telling her she was crazy to let Frank get away with it, that she really made his act. But that's not so, Roy. Frank's a star, and, and I'm nobody. Besides, it's his act, and it was his idea. But you're established now, Myrtle. Here's your chance to go places. And I could help you, Myrtle. But Mother kept shaking her head no, because as far as she was concerned, she'd already gone places. One night, she and Frank went to an Italian restaurant for supper. The bunch from the opera house were used to seeing Frank Burt walk in with a pretty girl, but somehow, oh, this was different. 
They were wise, even if he wasn't. That Mother had set her heart not on seeing her name in lights, but on seeing just how soon she could bring Frank Burt around to popping that all-important question. Oh, good evening, Senor Burt. Uh, 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 you sit, please. Please to sit down. Yes, uh, will you please? Uh, Butter, senor. No, what I like is some... Are we just joking, Mr. Capucci? Spaghetti for two, please. And you all put some of that gross horse meat sauce on a coil. I fix, senor, I fix. Oh, Frank, you're crazy. That's what my father says. You know, my father, he is a Dutchman. Oh, does he hate the theater? Ach, what kind of a business is this? A dancer, a chigger? (laughs) Hey, and I'm speaking of chicken, kid. I've been working on a new routine. How about meeting me in the theater in the morning? Frank, I, I'm not sure I'm going to stay in the show. Roy Bivens is going into a new musical comedy, and he says he can get me a job. Oh, he does, does he? Of course, I don't want to quit, but, well, I mean, just because you gave me my start, there's no reason why you have to stay shackled to me, as though we were shackled together, like people who are shackled. Who said anything about being shackled? So you're not falling for what a tenor tells you, are you? I didn't say I was falling for it. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, well, of course, I'd hate to lose you. You would? Sure. It's no joke breaking in a new partner. Oh. Well, maybe you would make a big name for yourself. Yeah, maybe Roy Bivens is right, the rat. Then you think I should go? Well, you got to think of yourself. But if anything goes wrong, you can always come back. Thanks. There's one thing I want to get clear, though. This business between you and Roy Bivens is all business, isn't it? No monkey business. No funny business. Just business business. What's that to you? Oh, nothing. I was just thinking about you. Thinking about me? Why, you never thought of anybody in your life except the great Frank Burr. Now, what makes you say that? What do you care about a partner anyway? Just somebody to dance with. Wasn't really going with Roy, but, but now I am. I'm sick of being taken for granted. Go on, get yourself a new partner. You can teach her that new routine. What got into you? Some sense at last, which is more than you'll ever have. Wait wait, wait a minute. Put down that plate. Wait. So Mother went away with a new show. Her own act, singing and dancing. Oh, Frank missed her all right, but... He went right on alone, doing the same old numbers in the same old way, and to the delight of the same old audience. Who makes life necessary? And who can take my dreams and make my dreams come true? Who don't give me trinkets and no one will do? Then one night, as Frank finished his act and did a cartwheel into the wings, as always, someone was waiting to see him. Hello, Frank. Myrtle! Myrtle! I I thought you were in Los Angeles. What happened? Show fold up? Oh, the show's doing fine. Your tenor didn't start breathing down your neck, did he? Not quite. But he asked me to marry him. Dippins? Asked you to marry him? Well, what's wrong with that? Some people do get married, you know. Huh? Huh. What'd you say? I told him I'd have to think it over. Oh. Frank. Yeah? You might as well know what really happened. Last week, the producer was watching me rehearse my dance. It has some of your steps in it. It has, huh? In fact, it's practically the same dance, except that I do it alone. The producer didn't like it. Well, come on, come on. Don't be ashamed. I want to know the worst. 
Well, Roy said, wait till she really does it. Of course, this is just a rehearsal. Is that all? Is that all? Why, I wanted to go right to the floor. I was doing my very best, Frank. I was dancing the way I always did with you. I, I don't know what was wrong. I do. Look, Lloyd, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but when, well, when you dance with me, well, when we dance together... Yes, Frank? Well, when we dance together, it's just different. How different, Frank? Oh, I don't know. But we hit it off. Maybe we ought to stick together. You know, shackled. Married. Frank! Yeah, well, it's an idea. I'll work on it. You... You'll work on it? Yeah. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have come back. Humiliating myself. I'll take it easy. I'll show you. Let me out of here. Oh, you what? Help! 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 Will you Let go of me. If I'd have known you are going to behave like this, I never would have proposed you in the first place. Uh, now, give me a kiss. All right, I'll take one. Frank Burke, you love Frank Burke, you love Mr. Frank Burke. Oh, my. Our stars will return with Act Two of Mother Wore Tights in a moment. What's the big news in Hollywood this week, Libby? Everybody is talking about Metro-Golden-Mayer's latest, Dory Sherry's distinguished production of Battleground. As a woman, I'd say this is not a war picture, but a peace picture. An unadorned story of a handful of RGIs caught in the Battle of Bastogne. At the press preview, we were very much impressed with the, the picture's sincere and honest approach. Well, the guests at the New York premiere on Thursday were just as thrilled with it. The stars are unforgettable in their roles. Van Johnson is a likable guy with a weakness for gals and gags, while John Hodiak is a small-town reporter inspired by his own convictions. Ricardo Montalban is a kid from California, lonely and scared. And George Murphy is pop waiting the day when he can go home to his youngsters. Many other fine MGM stars, too, help make this a, a memorable picture. Battleground is a vivid reminder of what our victory cost. And we appreciate more the little things that give us so much pleasure in peacetime, like plenty of nylon stockings. And plenty of Lux flakes to take care of them. You know, during the war, women would go from store to store to find a box. They knew that rubbing nylons with cake soap or using strong soaps made runs come sooner. Strain tests proved that. And nylons weren't easy to replace. Lux flakes made them last twice as long. Even now that nylons are plentiful, they still cost something. That's right. But when you wash them with Lux flakes, they last so much longer, it's just like getting an extra pair of stockings every time you buy a pair. And what girl doesn't like a bargain? As a matter of fact, the makers of stockings know that right care is important to their reputation. So it's no wonder that over 90% of them recommend Lox Flakes. That's right, Libby. Now, here's our producer, Mr. William Keeley. Act two of Mother Wore Tight, starring Betty Grable as Myrtle and Dan Daly as Frank. So they were married, Mother and Frank Burt. After the honeymoon, they went on the road with their new vaudeville act, Dear Old Two a Day. Town after town, month after month, show after show, but always giving the audience everything they had.
Diana. The new act was going over so well, Dad says they might even have hit Broadway. If suddenly Mother hadn't announced that she was going home to Grandma because of... Well, I believe the term is an act of God. Mart! Myrtle, you're kidding. Oh, I am, am I? You think this was the first time anybody ever had a baby? Let's quit, Mart. We'll take a long vacation, huh? No kid of mine is going to be born in front of a backdrop. Darling, I'm, I'm not going to take just a vacation. I'm going to quit. For good. Why, Myrtle McKinley... I want my baby to have a home and a mother to take care of him. Yeah, but, Mark... You can get a dozen partners as good as I am. Look, Frank, it's been wonderful together. But this is even going to be more wonderful. You be the papa. We'll let you work and make the money to send home. Oh, darling, this is what I've wanted all my life and from now on. Please just let me be the mama. Sure, honey. Just so you'll be happy. Gosh. Frank Burt, Jr. It was to have been, but under the circumstances, Mother thought that Iris would be a little more appropriate. Three years later, it was going to be Frank Jr. for sure. But again, under the circumstances, Mother thought Miriam would be more suitable. They compromised on calling me Mikey. We lived in Chicago then, Grandma, Mother, Iris, and I. And in between seasons, Dad. One day, I guess I was about four... Is it telegram, Marshal? Oh, why on earth did he ever invent these things? Scaring a body half out of their wit. We'll open it. Open it. You, Grandma. You open it. Well, well heaven be praised, Marshal. At least the man's not dead. It's from Frank. Yes. Can't get a woman to replace Dolly. Make me an Albany tomorrow. We'll be at But the, the children, I, I just can't pack up and leave. The children won't starve. Besides the idea of a married man traveling all over the country with a woman named Dolly. Grandma, she's just part of his act. And you're his wife. And the wife's place is with her husband. But I've given up the stage, and I haven't sung a note in six years. As for dancing... If your dress is short enough, they'll never worry about your singing and dancing. Now get a move on.
inevitable happened. Once Mother was back in the act again, she couldn't quit. It was in her blood. Meanwhile, we were growing up, Iris and I. I remembered the December when I was ten years old. Mother and Dad were booked in Boston. This was going to be our very first Christmas apart. Oh, what's wrong with you, mighty dear? Is it a cold you've got? No, Grandma. I, I just... Oh, Grandma. There, there, now, child. I know, I know. But think of all the fun we'll be having at Christmas. Fun, Grandma? Without Mother and Daddy? Oh, why did they have to take a booking for Christmas week? Why, she asks. Do theaters close on Christmas? Oh, come now, girls. Just remember there's still a Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Mm -hmm. We'll send him a letter. Who knows what the good man will do when the facts are set before him. Grandma, what do you mean? Oh, never mind what I mean. Boston, is it there? Parker House from the children, Frank, but the box says do not open until Christmas. Well, it'll be Christmas in an hour. Do you think I'm going to wait? Ah, uh, look, Mike. From Mikey. Merry Christmas to my father. A fine school these kids are going to. M-E-R-Y, Merry Christmas. Hey, look. It's a painting. Just what I needed. Frank. Yeah? Listen. To my wonderful mother... There is no other like my mother. Her wine-tinted lips, her raven hair. Hmm? Since when? Her beautiful eyes. How I wish I was there. Oh, Frank. Now, honey, remember what you promised. I, I'm not trying. <laughs> Who is it? I'll go, Mark. Iris! Mikey! Yes! What happened? Here? Oh, Mother, just look at him. It was all Grandma's idea. She made us write Santa Claus what we wanted most. I, I just can't believe you're here. Oh, Mother. What? what happened to your clothes? You look like you slept in them. We did. We were afraid to take them off. We were afraid he might not know when we got to Boston. Oh, Mother, you're present. You've opened them before Christmas. Oh, I know, dear, but... Well, we couldn't... Oh, it was all my fault. I said it. Oh, no. Daddy. All the presents for you and Mikey. We sent them to Chicago. Not, not even a Christmas tree for our children. We don't mind, Mother, honestly. Oh, we want us to be with you. Frank, where are you going? It's almost midnight. Everything will be closed. I'm surprised at you. I'm Santa Claus. I use chimneys. <laughs> Poor Dad. He looked everywhere, but no presents. But he did come back with a Christmas tree. Yes, I bet we had the most expensive Christmas tree in Boston. It cost $100, $50 to the people, and a $50 fine. Father had chopped it down on somebody's front lawn. Mother always had one weakness. She could never resist travel folders. Every summer, she'd decide we needed a complete change of environment. And one year, she selected the most fashionable, and according to the travel folder... The gayest of all summer resorts, Berkshire Highlands. I remember how excited we were as we walked into the hotel lobby. Daddy doing that cute little jig here. And... Morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, sir. Yes, I'm Frank Bird. I made reservations for four. Count them. You see? One, two, three, four. <laughs> oh, yes, Mr. Bird. Will you shine the register, please? What's the matter? Death on the family? <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir. When do we view the remains? 
Don't the guests ever do anything here or say anything? Well, our guests seem to like the lobby, sir. They sit in the rocking chairs and rock. Sometimes they say good morning. Well, now that's right, Broadminer, doesn't it, sir? <laughs> Boys, show the birds to their rooms, please. Mort. Hmm? Dead pan alley. Now, Frank, these places are always much livelier at night. Yeah. Come along, children. Here's the elevator, sir. Thank you, son. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I must have tripped getting out of the elevator. Yeah, well, don't break your neck, kid. You'll never get any laughs in this joint. <laughs> Mother was right. It was gayer at night. At night, they turned on the lights. Anyway, we were sitting there in the lobby along with the other guests. Come on, let's go over to the piano. Maybe we can liven this joint up a little. That's a very good idea. Mother, everybody's looking at us. Since when did actors not want to be looked at? You're right, kid, and especially at these prices. How about Tralala? Good, hit it, Mark. Tralala, where may well be living? So wear a smile, sing a little while it's raining, and through the clouds every little sky will shine. La 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 la, a little bit of trouble. You live and laugh, things are gonna turn out fine. Just feel that way, and every little day will seem like spring if you just sing. Tra la tra la 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 la. Come on, folks, let's have a little fun. All you have to know is tra-la-la-la-la. Okay, Myrtle. Now, everybody. Tra-la-la-la-la. What a merry world we live in. That's the spirit. Sing it out. Tra-la-la-la-la. All of it's yours and mine. Let's hear the men's voices, too. Get up. Sing a little while it's raining. And through the clouds, every little star will shine. Come on, live her up. Tra-la-la-la-la. What's a little bit of trouble? First, Camille. You live and learn. Things gonna turn out fine. Just feel that way, and every little day will seem like spring. If you'll just sing. Hmm. You know something, Myrtle? If anyone speaks to me, I'm going to keel over in a dead faint. What's the matter with these people? cares about goldfish. I'm going to bounce my ball. Uh, well, no wonder. Look who's there. Who? As if you don't know. It's that boy who fell out of the elevator. Oh, that is Bob, isn't it? Marky, darling, must you play with that absurd ball all the time? Iris, you deliberately knocked that ball out of my hand. Be quiet. Oh, is this your ball? Uh, oh, thank you. It belongs to my little sister here. Thanks. You see, we have a silly old bet that she can't bounce it a hundred times without missing. Haven't we, darling? No. <laughs> now, Mikey, dear, you run along and play. You want to know something? Me? Well, sure. Iris loves to bounce it, too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know how children are at that age. You, uh, enjoying it here, Miss, uh... Bert. Iris Bert. Oh, yes. Father and mother were just remarking what a heavenly spot this is. They even... Miss Bert, what happened down there? Uh, it's Marky. It's my sister. She's hurt herself. Oh, 
Are you sure you're all right, Mikey? How do you feel, darling? Oh, I'm fine now, Mother. What happened? Apparently, you were climbing a tree, and you fell right on your head. Did I get a laugh when I fell? You couldn't make this bunch of long hairs laugh if you broke your neck. Frank, I've had all I can stand. Let's start packing. Mother! I'm not going to have our whole vacation ruined by staying here with these stick in the mud. I know why Iris doesn't want to go. Her fella. You hush up, Mike. What fella? Bob Clarkman, of course. Well, certainly you've noticed her disgusting behavior. <laughs> Mother Bob's not at all like the others. Really, he isn't. Well, I'm not staying here to find out. His mother and father are in Europe, and he had to come here with an old tutor and a... Come in. Mr. Bird? No! Frank Bird, behave yourself. Well, I told you I'd faint if anybody here ever spoke to me. Mr. and Mrs. Schneider and I... Well, we just thought we'd inquire how your little girl is. That was quite a fall. Oh, yeah, we were so frightened. Oh, Mikey's fine, thank you. Good, good. Looks like you're leaving, Mrs. Burt. Packing your bag? I'll say we are. Oh, we were in hopes you'd stay and help give this place a little life. Yeah, we see you the other night in the lobby, the piano and the singing. Uh, you see the folks here? Well, we've all been coming here so long and doing nothing, I guess we've just sort of dried up. Oh, Mother, please stay. Yeah, Mrs. Burt, we are all dried out. We have such good times together. You help us, huh? Singing, yeah? And dancing? Well, what do you say, Mert? We've played to tougher audiences than this and never walked out on them. Well, kids. Yes? I guess we stay. Oh, oh my God. God. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. After a brief intermission, our stars will continue with Act Three of Mother War Tights. Tonight, we welcome diminutive Deborah Paget, who does her algebra in the morning and plays love scenes in the afternoon. What is your ambition, Deborah? To make a picture in Italy, Mr. Keeley. Ever since I saw the preview of Prince of Foxes, I've envied Wanda Hendricks. Daryl Zanuck has produced a magnificent picture with authentic 15th century Roman settings. You know, no soundstage could equal. No. And I'm so glad the studio held the story for Tyrone Power. He's so romantic. Yes, Ty wears those Renaissance costumes as if he actually lived in the period. Another fine piece of casting is Orson Welles as the despotic Cesar Borgia. The costumes are fabulous. Wanda almost fainted from their weight. Yes, 20th Century Fox didn't spare the dollars on Prince of Foxes. You know, many fabrics were especially woven in Italy. And much technical equipment, of course, had to be imported. Wanda did some importing, too. Lux flakes are still scarce in Europe, so she took her own supply for her personal things. Like so many of the stars, she's a Lux fan, Mr. Kennedy. Well, that's natural, Deborah, because it's been shown by actual washing tests that Lux flakes keep slips and nighties color fresh and new looking three times as long. Wanda had some beautiful lingerie made for her in Italy and the soft shades that she loved. A lucky thing she had Lux flakes because wrong washing methods fade delicate colors, damage lace. It's foolish to take chances with anything less mild. Then Lux Flakes. 
These tiny shared diamonds of Lux burst into suds in a flash, whisk away soil in a jiffy. And Lux flakes are so mild and gentle, colors stay lovely far longer. Makers of fine washables recognize that fact. Recommend this fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, 33 to 1. Thank you for coming tonight, Deborah Padgett. Here's our producer, Mr. William Keeley. The curtain rises on the third act of Mother Wore Tight, starring Betty Grable as Myrtle and Dan Daly as Frank. We've stayed a whole month at Berkshire Highlands, and with father and mother taking over, everybody had a wonderful time. Mother's faith in the travel folders was triumphantly restored, and even father admitted it was the gayest of all summer resorts. Iris spent most of her time with the rich Clarkman boy. The night before we left, I overheard mother and father in the next room. Frank, are you still awake, dear? Mm-hmm. You used to be jealous about it. Frank, I've, I've been thinking about Iris, about her future. <laughs> what future? Oh, about the kind of people she goes with, things like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> What's wrong with the people she's been going with? Oh, nothing except, well, I was wondering if maybe we haven't been a little selfish. Us? Selfish? Making the children lead our kind of life. What do they want now? The trouble with those kids is they've had too much. Are you trying to say our girls are spoiled? You mean you didn't know? Frank, bird of all the sweet, normal, unspoiled children. Okay, skip it. Now, for one thing, their school. They go to school. I was thinking that maybe a boarding school. And after that, college. <laughs> that Mikey makes college, I'll eat my sombrero. The stage is all right for us. We love it. But they're entitled to meet nice young girls and boys their own age who are interested in other things like, well... Books and, and and things like that. All right, we'll give them a book. <laughs> Two books, one for each. Oh, Frank, you're just being stubborn. Iris is growing up. She's beginning to think about boys. Are you talking about that wobbly leg goof that looks like he's going to break into a run every time you look at him? He's not a goof. Bob's a wonderful boy. Well, I'll bet if I said boo to that kid. Don't he would... you dare. <laughs> Would you mind telling me what we're fighting about? Oh, go to sleep, darling. We'll talk about it when we get home. Okay. Well, they did talk it over. And as usual, Mother allowed Dad to convince her that she'd been right all along. The following September, our hearts and our throats, they enrolled Iris and me in Miss Ridgway's exclusive boarding school for young ladies. Just remember, darling, we'll be back to visit the first chance we get. You're darn tootin'. Now, don't forget about hanging up your clothes. And be good, girls. We will, Mother. Yeah, and bear down on your algebra. After all, look how well I speak it. <laughs> Goodbye, Daddy. Goodbye, Mommy. Bye, Daddy. When Easter vacation came, Iris and I took the train. I was to join Mother and Father in Pittsburgh, and Iris would come on later. She and some other girls from school, and Barb Clarkman and some boys from college, were all going to Westchester. The Clarkmans were giving a weekend house party, and naturally, Bob invited Iris. After a couple of hours on the train, Bob produced a guitar. (laughs) 
there's a singer in our midst. How about a song? Yeah, how about a song? Well, how about singing down the lane? Oh, wonderful. Go ahead, Iris. Everybody hand in hand swinging down the lane. Just about then, a man and woman came through the car. They were theatrical people, all right. And maybe they'd had a little too much to drink. Anyway, when they heard the singing, they joined right in. have to be such show-offs. I don't know, but they all are. I saw the look that came over Iris's face. A look that said, not that Mother and Dad were like that couple, but they were actors, and not the kind of people you talked about when you were with girls from Miss Ridgeway School and boys from Harvard. Some months later, Iris and I had an unexpected telegram. Well, go on, Iris. Finish reading it. It says, we've been keeping it a great secret, but now you can know. Dad and I have arranged a booking in the very town where your school is. Marky, they're going to play here. Oh, boy, that's wonderful. But they can't, Marky. They mustn't. Iris, you're ashamed for them to come. I'm not. That's not it at all. It's just that, oh, why do they have to spoil everything? You are ashamed. Ashamed of Mother and Daddy. Oh, Iris. Come in. Mother. Hello, darling. Mother, what are you doing here? Your telegram said next week, I know. But Mikey wired us that you weren't feeling well. Did Daddy come too? Mm-hmm. He'll be in to visit later. It's nothing, Mother. I, I just don't feel well. Iris, I know what it is. Mikey, did this Mikey told you? Mikey loves you, dear. She only did what she thought best. Oh, I wish I'd never come here. But you've loved it here. I hate it. You think your friends will stop liking you because your mother and father are on the stage? Oh, Mother, it's not that. It's not you and Daddy. Oh, you're the sweetest people in the whole world. But people on the stage are not as refined as your friends. Is that it? I wish you could see some of their homes and how their mothers and fathers... Like Bob's mother and father? They're so nice, Mother, and, and dignified. They want me to visit them again, and... Oh, Mother, you don't hate me, do you? Oh, of course not, 
darling. You know I love you and Dad. Oh, yes, I know you do. Don't worry, dear. We'll figure it out some way. Now, get dressed. You don't want Daddy to see you looking like a ghost. You sure it's all right if we take the kids out for dinner, Miss Ridgway? Of course. I left word for Iris to meet you here in my office. Uh, about this other matter, though. Iris is just mixed up, Miss Ridgway. I'm sure lots of other girls go through a phase like this. I'll say she's mixed up. Frank, please. I'm grateful to you, Mrs. Bird, for telling me all this. I know what it must have meant to you. How simple it would have been for you and your husband just to have canceled your engagement here in town. Then you'll help us. I think we can stretch our rules to cover it. Thank you. Okay, but if you want my advice... Excuse me. Yes? May I come in, Miss Ridgway? Iris, come in. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Iris. You're feeling better now? Yes, I think so. I'm glad to hear that, dear. I know how terribly disappointed you'd be not to be able to go to the theater on Friday to see your mother's and father's performance. Isn't it nice of Miss Ridgway, dear? She's going to let you bring your whole class to see us. Oh, Mother, how could you? Iris. They were all there that Friday. Miss Ridgway, Iris, and the girls in the class. Mother and Dad did their usual act. No changes. They were Bert McKinley, and this was it. Father did Burlington Bertie and fell in the drum. And Mother did her dance routines. And then they went into their finale. Wish I were back again with all the sweet and simple folks like all my kids in Kokomo, Indiana. Well, if it isn't Pop and I am Mom, you always had the cutest grin. In Kokomo, Indiana. Just look the rover wag his tail. He remembers me. And get a load of Sister Grace. You can't see the back before the channel is safe. How would you like to go and see that old war bashful bow you used to know? In Kokomo, Indiana. Wouldn't you just as soon go out and Beneath the Hoosier moon, oh, what a moon. For all of the many reasons that I've mentioned here before, my heart will always be in Kokomo. And of course, you know, the town of Kokomo will always be geographically, indefinitely, indubitably, in what do you think, Mark? I don't know. The, the rest of the audience seems to like it. Yeah, well, come on. Let's take a bow. You think grand is this way? Oh, yes. You must be very proud of them, too, Iris. I, I am. The whole class thought Mother and Father were just as wonderful as I knew they were. And they told Iris so. But I was never sure of just what Iris' feelings were until June came, and Iris was up on the stage along with the other graduates. Bob Clarkman was in the audience. And, of course, Mother and Dad bursting with pride when Miss Ridgway. And now it gives me great pleasure to present the highest honor student in our school of music, Miss Iris Burke.
Well, look at that, Mother. He shouldn't applaud so loudly, should he? I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of that young man from now on. He hasn't said anything yet, has he? Does he have to? Ladies and gentlemen, I suppose I really ought to do a school song, but please, with your permission, I'd like to sing a song especially for my mother and father. Mercy. A song they introduced in Fordville many years ago. Hey, what's the matter with you? I can't help it.
Our stars will return in just a moment for their curtain call. If you have trouble, trouble, trouble with washing dishes, thank you, Lux Flakes. And they will bubble, bubble, bubble your troubles away. These gentle suds are richer. They do your dishes quicker. Let everyone bubble your troubles away. Yes, Lux Flakes suds go to work fast. Tiny diamonds of Lux burst into suds in your dishpan the minute water touches them. Make suds so rich, so thick, they last and last. Get your dishes done in a flash. These richer suds wash more dishes, too, because they go further. Tests show that ounce for ounce, Lux Flakes wash up to twice as many dishes as any of ten other leading soaps. Lux Flakes are really thrifty for dishes. Here's Mr. Keeley with our stars. They are no longer the Myrtles and Frank of Mother War tights, but the Betty Grable and Dan Daly that America loves. And here they are for a curtain call. I know your fans will be happy to learn that you two are starting another picture together soon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty lucky guy to be working with a beautiful and glamorous gal like Betty again. <laughs> Even though all she ever talks about is that new Argentine racehorse that she and Harry bought. Well, after all, Dan, Cab's a very unusual horse. Most unusual. Didn't he win a stake race under your colors? Yes, he did. He won Breezing Bill. And he's really gorgeous. You know, I think Cab has the most beautiful legs in the whole world. Not in my opinion. Not in my opinion, either. <laughs> Say, uh, Betty, you know, I've been making a western. And I was wondering if maybe you'd like to engage a new jockey. Well, I tell you, I'll speak to Cab about your offer, Dan. The horse talks, too. <laughs> How are those two charming daughters of yours, Betty? Oh, they're wonderful, Bill. And they're two of the busiest girls I ever saw. Yes, and at the age where they're hard on the supply of Lux Flakes, I presume. With two children, Bill, it's absolutely impossible to have too much Lux Flakes on hand. Now, won't you tell us what the play is going to be next week? A show we're very proud of, Betty. Paramount Pictures, great hit, Sorrowful Jones. And the stars, well, they're the ones our audience wants. Bob Hope, Lucille Ball... And wonderful little Mary Jane Saunders. The story has everything that makes great entertainment. So I know you won't miss Sorrowful Jones next Monday. <laughs> well, with that bill, I'm sure you're going to have a sellout. <laughs> Good night. Good, Good night, night and thank you both. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Lake, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Bob Hope and Lucille Ball in Sorrowful Jones with Mary Jane Saunders. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Betty Grable appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of Everybody Does It, starring Linda Darnell and Paul Douglas. Dan Daly will soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox picture, Willie Comes Marching Home with Colleen Townsend. Heard in tonight's cast were Joan Banks as Mikey, Gloria McMillan as Iris, and Norma Jean Nelson, 
Gwen Delano, Gil Stratton, Maura Martin, Rhoda Williams, Mala Powers, June Foray, Eddie Marr, Bill Johnstone, Clark Gordon, Herbert Butterfield, Joe Forte, George Neese, Charles Wolfe, and Imogene Lynn Clark. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear Sorrowful Jones, starring Bob Hope and Lucille Ball with Mary Jane Saunders. It's a new spry, a better than ever spry. You'll be a better cook when you use spry. Spry in your baking pan, spry in your frying pan. You'll be a better cook when you use spry. Now get better pies than ever with new, better than ever spry. Any filling tastes super delicious in a tender, flaky pie crust made with new spry. Why? Because pure new spry is blander, creamier, a sure, supremely delicate nut-sweet pastry. Tomorrow, get a thrifty three-pound can of new, better-than-ever Spry. Another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. You'll be a better cook when you use Spry. Be sure to listen next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Sorrowful Jones, starring Bob Hope and Lucille Ball with Mary Jane Saunders. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Okay, so we have the car payment, the rent, utilities, and the repair bill. <sighs> what should we do? I know. I'm going to CashNetUSA.com. I can apply in minutes, get an instant decision, and if approved, we could have the money in our account as soon as the same business day. When you need money fast, be the hero. Go to CashNetUSA.com to apply for the money you need now. The exact timing as to when your loan funds will be available will be determined by your banking institution.